What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Part three, relationships are awesome, and here we go. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us, change us. Lord, we come before you to be more like you, Jesus. We want to represent you, uh, not only for our own good, but for those that are near and dear to us, our relationships, whether they're working relationships, family relationships, ministry relationships, Lord, acquaintances, or those within our inner circle. Lord, today, as we get into your word, help us to be better, to be Christ representatives in and through our relationships. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said amen. All right, guys, we're jumping right in. Welcome uh, online. And those of you that are joining us and checking out our podcast, hey, stoked you are here. And so as always, hey, guys, share this. Um, subscribe, follow, get it out there. Share it with somebody. Um, I think this this series is so helpful to people and can really encourage and challenge people to be better people, be more like Jesus with respect to our relationships. And so here we go. Um, today, this is part three. And so what we're going to talk about today is two characteristics, um, two main characteristics that every relationship needs if, it, if you want to be healthy. If you want healthy relationships, these two characteristics we're going to talk about today are absolutely required. Um, you can't have one or the other, and you can't be missing both, because um, when we get into this, you're going to see how important these are. These are just foundation stones of any relationship, okay? Um, so here we go. John chapter 1, verse 14. We're going to look at Jesus here quickly, um, just in the scripture, and see how he is the absolute example and model of these two characteristics, and it says it all in one verse. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so, there we have it. Um, Jesus, full of grace and truth. He is our Lord. He's our Savior. He is the Word of God. He is... Um, the one we worship, and so um, here we go. Uh, say that with me. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me with grace and truth, all right? And so um, here we go. Here's a question. Um, how do we practically love people? How do we practically love people? And the way we practically love people is grace and truth, all right? It is, it, is, it is those two things. How do we um, make sure our relationships are growing, healthy, fulfilling? It's gonna be because of those two characteristics. One more time, say it with me, folks. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me with your grace and your truth, all right? Psalm number 25, verse 10. Uh, Psalm chapter 25, verse 10, 
all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, okay? Um, uh, the one before speaking of Jesus and his nature, grace and truth. And this is kind of running along the same lines, okay? Um, but it says all, think about this. This verse alone right here says a lot. Think about this in light of your relationships. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Uh, to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. I'm gonna read it one more time. Psalm 25 verse 10. All of the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. In the book of Ephesians as well, I don't have that scripture here. We're gonna read another verse from Ephesians in just a second. But it says in, in light of like the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, given to the church for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, it goes on to say, this is Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love. So you can say love and truth, you can say mercy and truth, you can say grace and truth, but you get the idea that every relationship needs this, this, this attribute, this, this divine attribute of truth in it, Christ, truth, the truth. Um, we need truth. We as people need truth. If we need truth, Christ, the truth of our situation, the truth of our condition, the truth of where we are, the truth, um, we need the truth. We absolutely need the truth. We're, we're liberated because of the truth. You know, it's the truth that we know that sets us free. You know, we shall know the truth. The truth will set us free. Okay. And, um, and you know, we need unconditional love, grace, and mercy. We need both. We, we, this is, this is, this is literally all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. And so how do I practically um, do this? Like what, what's a way, like relationally speaking? Okay. What, what is a way that I can practically um, do maybe the grace part, the mercy part, the love part? that is absolutely required for every relationship, okay? We wanna be a, a person that gives unconditional love to people, and we need to be a person that has people in our life that love us unconditionally. Um, somebody say man, because agape love is that, it is unconditional. So, so Jesus gives us unconditional love. And so we being partakers of the divine nature, it is requisite that as Christians, that we give unconditional love, especially to those in our inner circle. Um, the Bible says that they're gonna know we're his disciples because of our love, our agape, our unconditional love for one another. And so once again, what is a way, a practical way that I can demonstrate this, live this out in my relationships? And here it is, it's real simple. Um, celebrate the individual's uniqueness. Um, that's so important in our relationships that the people in our inner circle um, are celebrated for their uniqueness. I believe that is the uniqueness meaning it's just who they are. It's uniquely who they are. Everybody wants to be celebrated for those qualities about them that are unique. There's something about that that we as human beings are so drawn to people and situations and environments where we're celebrated. We're not, we're not constantly picked apart you know what I'm saying? We're not, we don't feel like we're constantly walking into some kind of relational like minefield, right? And like there's explosives around, right? And like, I don't know, I don't wanna, it's like nobody wants to live in a relationship um, that is like walking on eggshells. Like we, we, we need this 
unconditional love, acceptance, and grace. And how do we do that? Um, find ways to celebrate the, the individual uniqueness of those in your inner circle. And I encourage you, be around and close to people. Uh, develop and grow a relationship with people that you know and feel, man, I'm going to be celebrated um, for who I am. Can I get an amen? Okay, so there we go. All right, next verse. We're just right, we're just going through this here. Ephesians chapter one, verse six. Here it is again. So just kind of looking at God, looking at his nature, looking at how he treats us, looking at, because he is our example. So if we just look at this. Now, there are so many verses in the scripture concerning this, this quality of God, that he is both and grace and truth, mercy and truth, love and truth. And so here we go, Ephesians 1 verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in the beloved, folks. We are accepted in the beloved. Celebrating somebody else's uniqueness. We need to know the people we love and do life with need to know that they're accepted. Uh, why? Because this is what God has done for us. Uh, when we are dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ, Christ died for us. Love is not that we love him, it's that he first loved us. So here it is again, accepted. There's only two times this actual word is used in the scripture. Both times are concerning God's unconditional acceptance of us. Um, we must be that to other people. Um, and so th this word accepted, I'm gonna read the definition. We're gonna move right along. But this word accepted is where you get the word grace or favor. It comes from the word charisma, which where we get the words, where we get the word spiritual gift, the word gift, grace, favor. It's where we get another word from this charisma word is the word favor, grace, joy. And here we have accepted. Okay, so this is the word karitao, karitao, and that comes from karisma, okay, which is grace. And so what does this mean exactly, the karito? Um, it means highly favored because receptive to God's grace, okay? It is highly favored. So relationships, um, healthy relationships are where we experience and give unconditional love, grace, mercy, and acceptance to other people. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, here it is again. Um, the same kind of idea in the scripture here is Jesus speaking, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, to whomever will, in the book of Revelation, it says to whomever, whoever will, let him come. And so God, when we look at the cross, he's inviting humanity, come, come to me, come to me. We as God's people, we must be welcome and invited into um, communion with God. Um, not that we, we must, we are. And so we must, rather, okay, we must do the same um, because it is Christ in us, right? And I, even just on a bigger picture, like let's just put like a, a local church community in the picture here of what this looks like. It's like people ought to truly experience 
unconditional love in church community through people. I believe that is at the top of the list. There, there's nothing more important than that. Um, God is love. So if we represent God, that's what people must experience in and through us. And so we even get into our deeper relationships, those, whether, whether it's your, your marriage or just that close friend or family, those in your, your life. I mean, unconditional love is so important um, on the individual level. And I believe just in a church body, man, it's, it is, I mean, my heart and prayer for Oakland is that when people come here, they're like, man, people are genuinely like loving and kind. And it doesn't feel like some fake kind of churchy church smile going on, right? Like, man, that that is the absolute win for the local church that people honestly, authentically are like, man, these people are legit and they, they're loving and caring and man, that, that, that's just, that's just everything. And so unconditional acceptance is requisite to a healthy relationship. Um, parents to children, um, we want to provide a standard to our kids. We want them to experience truth and understand the seriousness of things and understand discipline and, and the challenge, challenging them to grow and develop and even understanding how to navigate authority and, you know, and like obedience and stuff like that, right? Like that's all good stuff. But um, they must, children must feel and sense and know that I can fall back in this home with my parents on a literal, unconditional love, mercy, and grace, a bedrock of love. It, it must be there. It, it's that, that, There is no other way to do this. Can I get an amen? Somebody, all right? And so here we go. We're just kind of saying the same thing here. And like I said, simple today, but I think if we really get into this and kind of dive into this, we're going to just continue to go a little bit deeper in this thought of this, these at, these divine attributes that we must nurture and develop and be open to and, 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 and pray for mercy and truth in our relationships. Okay. Um, because I believe if we really are honest and think about it, we're like, man, I can work on these a little bit. I can, I can be better at this. All right. I can, I, anybody out there, can you agree with me that you, we could all get a little better at this. And it helps us evaluate our relationships, right? It helps us on the receiving side, like, hey man, taking stock, doing a little inventory of, of my people I'm in relationship with, with, how I'm receiving from them, or what I'm receiving from them and what I'm giving, okay? So here we go, here we go. We'll put this up on the notes here um, for those of us that are joining online, but attributes of healthy relationships. And here they are, number one, Unconditional acceptance. We're, we're, we're just saying it. We're just kind of driving this point today. Unconditional acceptance. Okay. Also, here's the next one we're really going to talk about now. Is um, It's that, the, the attribute of a healthy relationship. It's that you can be honest with each other. Okay. So, unconditional love and that the relationship and the people involved in the relationship can be honest, okay? 
Now, I'm not, I'm not saying hurtful. I'm not saying demeaning. I'm not saying um, abusive, right? Because honesty is a funny thing because sometimes people will justify it and say they're just being honest, but they're actually being harsh, right? Can I get an amen? And it's like, oh, I'm just being real. And it's like, okay, but honesty doesn't have to be destructive, right? But here's the thing, though. We must... It must be a context, a relationship. For it to be healthy, honesty is paramount. Honesty, truth, right? Truth, Jeremiah 9, 5, 9 verse 5. I, I have some notes here, but I want to go to this verse. I think I'm just going to kind of just follow the Holy Spirit here as I'm just um, teaching today. But Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 5, it says, and it's speaking of the negative side of what was happening with God's people. And it says here at this time, and it says, everyone will deceive his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves to commit iniquity or, or sin. Okay. And so when, we, when we're talking about relationships here, um, if, if we can't be honest, there is something wrong. Um, and it's like, if we're not honest, we just kind of, we don't maybe help people with something they're struggling with by being honest with them or, or help the relationship where if you're hurt, if, if that person's done something wrong and it requires a conversation, it requires um, that we kind of, we value each other so much that, hey, we're going to talk about this, what happened, okay? And we must be honest. We, we must be uh, because lies, according to this verse right here, and, and you know, lies are never good, right? Lying's not good, okay? The, it never, lies never turn out good. And lies, according to this, it leads to sin because it's talking about deception, not speaking the truth. They've taught their tongue to speak lies. I know some people, man, that lying has just been like a defense mechanism and a coping mechanism their whole life. That They're so deceived. It's literally how they do life. Just constantly lying about everything. It's, it's, it's just manipulative. It's just unhealthy, right? I know this is an extreme example of not being honest, but lies lead to sin. Okay, lies lead to dark things. Lies lead to a dark place. Lies open the door to the enemy. Like the Bible calls the devil, right? The father of lies. Like it's literally an attribute of the enemy, okay? So this is never good. So, so truth from our neighbor, right? Or truth from me to my neighbor is an absolute required thing in our walk with God together. Like truth has got to be there, right? And, and I understand truth is not comfortable at times. It's not, it's not fun, quote unquote, but it is liberating, okay? If, if, if we're speaking truth, and, and, and people are speaking truth, truth to us and it is the truth in love and it is healthy and these people generally care about us. I am telling you, liberty, freedom um, is always on the other side of truth. Jesus said, you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Okay, so we want our relationship to be free. We want it to be open. We want it to be, man, right? There, there's nothing under the rug. There's not, 
shady business, nothing up the sleeve, manipulation, what's the angle, what's going on, I don't know what's going on, you know, just it not being honest, I, you know, so here's the, here's the truth too, guys, if we're honest, I'm talking to Christians, I'm assuming most of us, including myself here, I am a Christian, I walk, I love the Lord, I'm walking with God, right, but we don't always hear God directly, right, and so that's why God gave us friends, so he can speak through them to us, Okay, and even if you are hearing from God, even if you are listening to God and walk with God, I'm telling you, even if you are hearing from God, God will choose to speak truth through those around you. Um, it's just how he does it. You know, the word is in our mouth and in our heart. And so here it's talking about, man, nobody's, people are deceiving and nobody is speaking truth to his neighbor. Hallelujah. Folks, we need the truth. We need the truth. And sometimes um, God has so designed our relationships and the way we do life and who we're doing life with that he will use them to speak the truth to us. Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, verse 25 to 32. Um, this is like our largest kind of portion of scripture here. I'm gonna read it quickly, but it says it all, okay? Here it is. Therefore, putting away lying. Here it is. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. He's talking about relationships. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Look at that, in the context of doing what? Speaking the truth. I'm telling you, truth purifies. Truth sanctifies. Truth cleans the air. Truth is like soap. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's a purifier. It cleanses, all right? Um, the Bible says this, right? Sanctify me by your truth. Sanctify means to make holy. Your word is truth. And so uh, truth is a cleansing agent in our relationships. Can I get it? Amen, somebody. Because it says, man, nor give place to the devil. Okay, here we go. Verse 28. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Here it is, just a few verses talking about relationships with others in the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Or, you know, we can apply this to any relationship in our life and it's speaking of truth and it's speaking of grace. That, that our words, we be careful with our words, that our words are, are edifying, building up others and it is imparting grace. I'm telling you, words are powerful, words are spiritual, not all words I understand. I'm not saying like everything you say is gonna happen and you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not getting weird about it, but here it's speaking of literal words of edification that actually impart grace to the hearers. Don't underestimate the power of your words and relationships and uh, let's use wisdom in how we speak that we, even when we're speaking truth, we're speaking it in love and that our words, our mouths are, are edifying, building up others and imparting grace. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking but be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. All right, so we need truth, okay? And so if we need truth as individuals, we need the truth of God's word, we need it every day. Can I get an amen, somebody? We need the truth. Not, not your truth, my truth, this person's truth, that truth. We need the truth, Christ. The truth of where we are, the truth of the word of God. So if we need truth, we need people around us that will tell us the truth. You know what I'm saying? Um, those of you that maybe desire to get married one day, I am telling you, you want, you want a spouse that's gonna tell you the truth. They're gonna say it in love. They're gonna be gracious. They, they love you, they care for you. And because they love you and care for you, they will tell you the truth. And you need relationships that you can tell the truth to them. Can I get an amen, somebody? So, so we, don't, we don't, here it is, we're gonna get into this now. We don't need to live in a vexed state because people don't change. Okay, now we're gonna get into expectations here. Okay, so let me just read from my notes to provide some clarity. Here it is. We speak truth to others because we want God's best for them. Okay, so here it is. I'll say it this way. I don't need you now when we're speaking, I'm speaking of truth now. We expect we accept people for who they are, where they are, unconditionally. Um, but with that, there must be a tension with that in relationships. Because we want people to develop and to grow and to change and to be more like God. Not we're not changing their identity, we're not trying to change them, but the Christ in us desires for that person to grow. And the Christ in them desires for me, the other person, for, for me to grow, right? We, this is mutual. And so let me just say it so you can understand where I'm getting to. I don't need you to change for me, but I want you to change for you. And what I mean by change is maybe mature. Uh, maybe we can interchange that word, because that word change is funny, because uh, I'm saying on one hand, we need to love people and um, accept them unconditionally. But when it comes to truth, the purpose of truth is to change us. The purpose of truth is to change something that isn't right. Can I get an amen? The purpose of truth is to, is to maybe adjust something, to, to get delivered of something, to get free of something that isn't you. So it's, it's not who you are uniquely. It's, it's an issue. It's something, it's a habit. It's something that isn't right in the eyes of God. It's, it's unhealthy, right? So back to speaking truth. I don't need you to change for me. I'm, I'm not, I, so we're not in people's lives so we can control them so they change. No, we are in people's life in this context of what we're talking about, that we speak truth to them because we want them to mature and develop for their own sake. Can I get an amen, somebody? And so, and so uh, speaking truth to others and also um, making sure that we're not veering over into controlling people, okay? Because this is a very unhealthy characteristic in relationships is, is when you feel controlled or maybe you might be the one with the control issues at times. Um, this is very common in our human nature for something for us to grow out of, develop, get delivered of. And whether it's a person controlling you or you doing the controlling, okay? Um, this is very common at times because I think in some ways people want the best for us, but the way it rolls out and stuff, it can be controlling or even just feel rather controlling. And so, we want, um, sometimes if we're not careful, we want people to change so bad that we enter the danger of controlling them. 
Okay, nobody likes to be controlled. And, and when we are controlling others, we're actually entering bondage ourselves. Like we're somehow so in need of needing to be the one that like changes them. And like we are constantly nitpicking and pointing, you know, change, you got to do this. You don't do this right. You don't do this right. You don't do this right. Like that, that's not speaking truth. That, that's, that's a control issue. Okay, there's a difference between being a person that's speaking truth to somebody because you want what's best for them and you're there for that. And, 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 but we, we, don't, we don't cross that line of, of controlling people. Trying to control outcomes prevents us from enjoying the relationship. Trying to control people's outcomes um, prevents us from enjoying the journey. And so um, refusing to control people is a blessing to the people in our life, but it's also liberating for us too, okay? So because people are complex, it's hard to clearly define how things are gonna turn out. And we need to be okay with that, okay? As healthy people, we need to learn how to be able to love people unconditionally, speak to the, the truth to them, and trust God with the outcome of their life and trust God with the outcome of the relationship, okay? When we get into control, it's really, uh, um, you know, uh, can be a lack of trust in God, whether it's God in them or just God, period. Maybe God in us, like we, we feel like we are the ones to make them be like this. And we need to let go of that. Can I get an amen? We need to surrender that. We need to learn to speak truth, love people, and trust God with the outcome, okay? Um, so when we walk with God, we have to trust that he speaks to us as it relates to the relationship. But we need to, we need to also trust that he's speaking to the individual. And we need to trust God's timing. Because sometimes we want for somebody more than they're ready to receive. And we need to learn to be like, okay, I've done my part. I'm here, but you need to let go of controlling people. And we need to not allow others to control us either. Okay, so we need to listen to his leading and trust that he knows best even when we don't see what we want to see in others. Can I get an amen, somebody? So here we go. Here's a verse, Proverbs 19, verse 21. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. There are many plans in a man's heart, Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. And we need to learn to trust God. And that sounds so cliche. But when we apply this to our drive to try to help somebody to such a degree that we're actually trying to control the outcome, nitpicking them, trying to make them change overnight, man, you need to let go of that because that is not only vexing to the person on the receiving end. It is bondage to the controller. Anybody with control issues, that true, that's their issue, okay? So um, like I said before, can, you know, having control issues can be a lack of trust in God, okay? We can't control people to meet our expectations, okay? We can talk about those expectations and we can pray about those expectations but we can't control people to meet them. Can I get an amen somebody? 
All right, we're going to come in for a close here. Once again, I want to read this again. Proverbs 19, verse 21. Think about this. In light of relationships, in light of loving people unconditionally, and yet creating an environment that truth truth is normal, right? Honesty is, is part of it. Honesty is part of the culture of that relationship, if you will. Proverbs 19, 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Okay, so here it is, almost done. Uh, but the devil wants us to focus on what people aren't instead of appreciating who they are, okay? The devil wants us to fault find, nitpick, nag, and we need to learn to be like, you know what, this is who they are, this is where they are. And if who they are and where they are is so unhealthy that it's negatively affecting you, guess what you do? You need you set up some more some healthier boundaries. You set up stronger boundaries. But boundaries are liberating, okay? But we don't we don't just engage in that relationship, try to control people. And man, we need to just set up some healthier boundaries, maybe stronger boundaries. And we need to trust God with the outcome. So once again, the devil wants us to focus on what people aren't instead of appreciating who they are. I am telling you, expectations are a funny thing. Like I said, you we want to talk about expectations. I think there are expectations in every relationship. Um, and we need to pray about those expectations. And we need to evaluate those expectations. Um, but we never troll, control people to meet our expectations. We never, manipulation is not the answer for other for those people to meet your expectations. We need to let go of that. And sometimes it's a lack of faith in God. It's a lack of relationship with God because if we are growing in an intimate relationship with Jesus, much of these things are remedied because we start to learn that, man, Jesus is my everything. And I got to learn to love people where they are, speak truth, love them, create healthy environments in my relationships and get better at it. But at the end of the day, I got to learn to be like, you know what? Nobody can fulfill me as he can. Nobody can do all that for me. And so in some way, at some point, every person in your life is not going to meet the expectations. But Jesus gives us um, water to drink, the living water. And we will never thirst again. They, that he satiates our soul. He satisfies us. Okay. He ultimately, we are complete in him. And so we must truly walk with God intimately and growing in relationship with him. Because even what I'm sharing today, we will never truly have healthy relationships if we are not growing in our relationship with Jesus. Because it is him and his nature that fulfills us. And then we walk into relationships already fulfilled by him. And so we, we are just more mature spiritually to navigate the difficulty and complexity of people. Even if those people have Christ in them, they still are people just like you and I. We have Christ in us, yet we are still human and still fall short and mess up and say wrong things. Can I get an amen? So here we go. I'm going to leave you with this. How do we enjoy the relational process? Here it is. I'm going to give you five things. Five things. How do we enjoy the relational process? This is just kind of summarizing today, and then I'm going to pray. Trust God with the outcomes. I think that's number one. It kind of, we kind of ended with that, but that's number one. Trust God with the outcomes. All right? Trust Him with the outcomes. Number two, uh, pray for those in your inner circle. 
So it's like, trust God and pray. Uh, when I say inner circle, because this is what we're talking about, those relationships, those ones that, that are the strongest, the ones you value the most, I, if you will. But trust God and pray. Number three, learn to love people where they are. I say learn because you gotta learn. <laughs> I say learn because it's ongoing. It's, it's, it's on the job training, right? So here you are in a relationship. Learn to love people where they are. How do we do that? We talked about it. Celebrate their uniqueness. Find ways to celebrate who they are. Even those redemptive qualities, those things that God has made them to be, those, I mean, celebrate, talk about those, encourage those things about people. Learn to love people where they are. Why? Because that's where they are. <laughs> right? Number four. I said it this way, number four. Make honesty normal. Make it normal. Okay? Make honesty normal. Like, you know, this isn't like, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm going to go talk to somebody else about my issues with this person, but not talk to them. And uh, honesty, it's got to be normal. It's just got to, it's got to be. It's, it's not always easy. It's, it's, it, 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 relationships will be messy and this honesty can be messy, but it is, it is required. Okay. Make honesty normal. And here's the last point, kind of summarizing all of this. Create a relational culture of grace and truth. And what I mean by culture is just behavior. Like, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. And grace and truth. Grace and truth is a, it's a relational culture where fulfillment is, um, liberty, freedom. It's grace and truth. It's the very, very much the very nature of God. It's like we're inviting God's nature and heart into our relationships. And culture's like, it's like, it's like the behavior we're choosing. We're choosing to behave this way in our relationships. So last but not least, once again, create a relational culture of grace and truth. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for all those watching, participating, and listening to this on our podcast. I pray God, that they apply these things. I pray, I pray for grace and truth to be cornerstones, foundation stones of every relationship they're in. I pray that through this word, they would be able to evaluate and meditate on your word, evaluate their relationships and, and do them and make them all the better. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Love you, church, and I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.